lane, 15-10, touchdown Chargers! What's up guys, welcome in to a week four edition of Chargers Weekly, we're powered by Microsoft Surface, as always joined by Matt Money-Smith, the first podcast of the 2023 season after a win. Chargers get it done in Minnesota, a game they had to have 28-24. Uh, buddy, I have like 20 things written down about that game and pushing yeah. it forward to the Raiders. Uh, so much to get into. I, I want to start with Justin. 40 of 47, 405 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, through his 100th touchdown pass in the NFL, um, save for maybe a couple of throws and maybe some decisions, I thought it was the best game he played as a Charger, given the circumstances, what was necessary, what was required to get a win to avoid going to 0-3. Yeah, this is his best game. I, I don't, you know, he's had really, obviously, he's had incredible games. But this one, like you said, it's, you know, his first 400-yard passing game. He's blitzed on 80% of his dropbacks. It's Brian Flores. We know what that looked like the last time he faced uh, the Dolphins with Flores and the much different that he had much different this much time. different. You know, you go through it when you when I was watching it back and I watched every one of his dropbacks. Flores has got seven minimum, sometimes eight guys on the line of scrimmage. You know, you don't know which ones are dropping out. So credit the offensive line, credit Isaiah Spiller, Joshua Kelly for picking up those blitzes. And, and he's not just bringing five on so many of those drops. He's bringing six on a handful. He's bringing seven. And Herbert and Justin was just calm. That's that's the one thing that I really took away is those first two weeks when he experienced pressure, it seemed like he was just, okay, get rid of the ball. Let's get to the next play. It's not going to happen here. Pressure came. We didn't pick it up. I got And in this game, he just held the ball. And he's like, I'll figure it out. I'll find a lane, and he moved in the pocket, you know, very – the Tom Brady-esque, five feet this way, three feet this way. There's my little bit of space. Now I can deliver. Got rid of the ball quickly. Uh, had a hot – you know, he was just spot on his hot reads. And, you know, he was calling out the protections. He knows where to go with the hot read. Who's going to be the guy that's wide open and ready for a pass in under two seconds? Um, and then there were just some – ridiculous throws in there as well it's not you know it's 47 attempts for 40 completions and, and 405 yards but there's some big old chunk plays in there you know and the the left sideline throw to, to Joshua Palmer was incredible the first touchdown to, to Donald Parham that little sidearm that he I mean and that thing is just a bang bang play it's ball is snapped pressure is in his face and he just sub almost underhands that thing to Parham for that first touchdown the fourth down to Parham, man, talk about hands. First of all, Parham snatched that first touchdown down by his knees. The guy's six foot nine. Second touchdown is a laser at his face that probably would have got stuck in his face mask if he didn't catch the thing. He ends up snatching that. Um, but there, so those the, the one throw and, and DJ said it in the moment, and I didn't quite recognize it until I went back and watched it. And, and Daniel's just so good at this stuff, you know, at seeing things, you know, at the moment they happen. And he said, he's like, man, that is, that is one of the great, that's going in the archives is one of the great Justin Herbert throws. And when you go back and watch it, it's a third, it's a third and 17, I think. 
and they're tr- this is when they're down 24-21, and it's a third and 17 in the fourth quarter, and he is rolling to his left under pressure, and, man, he throws that thing on a rope. It is a rope to the right from outside the numbers left to outside the hash right to Keenan Allen. You know, I don't know what the total yardage was on the play. I don't, I don't, I don't have the play-by-play in front of me. But air yards, that's probably a 35-yard throw. And Money, it got there many, in what felt like a quarter second. Really quick, how many quarterbacks do you think in the NFL can make that throw? Patrick Mahomes, Josh One Allen. Hand, right? One hand. Yeah, I mean, I though probably those, probably those two. Yeah, I think there's three guys in the NFL that can make that throw, and it's and it's those two and and Justin. I think it's also in terms of Allen. You know, his accuracy gets a little wobbly there. This thing is between the numbers. You know, rolling to your left, throwing to your right, under pressure, 35 air yards, and it gets there like that. Like it's. It was. I almost want to just pull it up, and I know people can't see, and I'm not doing you guys any favors, but I just want to make sure I got it right. It's all. It's all I'm, over. It's all over Twitter, guys. Just if you is put it, in Justin Herbert, third and seventeen, you'll find it. You'll find it. He's going. Yeah. He's rolling left. He, he's throwing across his body to to Keenan. I think in the middle of the field, and I I think it was a first down. I think I thought he picked up the first. Oh yeah, down. no. Yeah. So here it is. It's third and seventeen. Uh, I'm looking at it now, and they snap the ball at the exactly at the 50 just just before the 50 so from the charger 49 left hash snaps the ball he's rolling to his left he's outside the numbers so he is outside the numbers left side behind the 40 he lets this thing go at the 39 and keenan is He's open. He's found the soft spot, but there's two defenders that are responsible for him, and they are closing in on that completion. And he catches it at the third, at the look. I'll call it the 31 yard line. So you're talking about 29 yards of distance. Uh, actually, 30. I'll go 30 yards of distance, and then you go outside of the numbers to the right hash. That's another 10 yards, maybe seven to 10 yards. You're talking about 37 to 40 air yards, and it gets there in the blink of an eye i mean yeah crazy crazy and the guy yes. the, the guy on the receiving end of it money first of all J- justin herbert chargers fans i think knew early and often when when brian flores was blitzing him the way he was and and justin was just he was on a heater in the middle of the game for i don't know how many straight completions he had uh you may know off the top of your head i don't remember but you know, to go 40 to 47, obviously, he had a stretch yeah. where he was just stringing them together. Man, it, was, it was crazy. Um, I think Chargers fans realized early in that game, Justin was going to put the team on his shoulders and, and try to get that win by any means necessary. You're yeah. only going to be in a game with him. But the guy on the receiving end, Money, 2013, the, the longest tenured Charger. Uh, we talked about it all training camp, how he was having the best training camp I think I've seen him have. I mean, he was he was incredible in the in the in the summer, um, put together the best performance we've seen from a Chargers receiver. 18 catches, 215 yards and a 49 yard touchdown pass to boot. Um, Keenan Allen, man, I, I don't know what you can say. He outplayed Justin Jefferson on that football field. We remember the toss that Justin Jefferson gave him on the sideline a couple of years ago. Yeah, uh, Keenan returned the favor and then some. Uh, those two, man, I, I that was the best game Keenan has ever played. 
Best game Justin's ever played, best game Keenan's ever played. I'm sure in, in Minnesota, they're, you know, asking a lot of the same questions we were asking after week one, you know, with Tyree Kill. Like, you can't, you can't do better than that. You can't. And that was just Brian Flores' approach. And it's very, you know, what worked before just didn't work again. And he refused to believe that it wasn't going to work. And he yeah. just kept blitzing relentlessly. And there was single coverage on Keenan. And we know he's, you know, he's in the conversation as the best route runner in the league. And he just, he made a fool of Byron Murphy. And, and I mean, the idea that the fact that, that he decided to get lippy with him after that offensive pass interference, I think yeah. Keenan already piled up like 14 catches for 170 yards. Yeah. What are you talking? What, what are you barking about? Um, it's the, and just Flores just kept with it. He's like, yeah, go on back out there. Give it a, give it another go. And Keenan just ate him alive. And, you know, one thing I do want to say, about the touchdown pass and, and we've talked about I think we've talked about this on one of the you know on the the previous two following the the Tennessee or the Miami game just so impressive about Kellen Moore when you go back and watch it and we kind of felt it in the moment too but you think about all those blitzes and all those screens the tunnel screens the quick throws into the flat you know Josh Palmer going into that touchdown pass the double pass to Mike Williams Keenan had caught a couple of those, two to three. He might have had three. He may have even had four of those. Just quick screens, tunnel screens, blockers in front. Let's go get five, six yards. You're blitzing. All good. We got hat, we got hat on hat. Keenan can make it. You know, did it with Josh Palmer. Got one with Mike Williams. You know, had it with Joshua Kelly. Had it with Gerald Everett. And then all of a sudden, he's like, okay, okay, I think I got gotcha. you. Here comes another one. What happens? Safety's like, crap, here's another screen. I got to go up and support and tackle. And there goes Mike Williams. And you just knew that Kellen Moore was setting him up for it the whole game. And he took his shot. Keenan delivered. And that's there's a lot that goes into that. You know, one is, is Herbert making all those completions. You know, the receivers getting all that yak on those screens and fighting for yards. The receivers and the tight ends on the outside blocking to, to allow those plays to be successful that are completions behind the line of scrimmage. And then, obviously, Keenan and Mike connecting. Keenan with a perfect pass to Mike to, to get the touchdown. But, man, it was, a, it was a thing of beauty. And it was just an entire team effort to, to put that thing together. And it was, it was pretty cool to see it work out. Yeah, Keenan having an all-pro season through the first three weeks. We'll get into the Mike Williams injury, obviously crushing for the offense and um, – We'll talk about the two guys who are going to have to replace that production. But you flip it to the defense money, and I thought Alohi Gilman set the tone right from the beginning, um, forcing a turnover, got completely robbed on the other turnover um, that, that they called sure forward did. progress on. It's, like, ridiculous. Um, but I thought uh, low. I mean, Hawkinson's forward progress was stopped more than Madison's in that. Yeah. Like, that, that's what was crazy about it. It's like, I thought they were going to – I thought that, that they were going to – because that's – and that's what – that's why it was very weird, and, and you know, credit our producer Justin who who brought this up. He showed me a little clip. I did not, I was not aware of this. I didn't think you could challenge forward progress, and that's what Kevin O'Connell was complaining about. Because when Hawkinson, when Aloe ripped that ball out of Hawkinson's hands, you know, O'Connell wanted to throw the challenge flag, claiming his forward progress was stopped. So referee says, "No, you can't challenge that." So. Fast forward, yeah. ripped out of the hands of of Alexander, and and they're like, 
uh, yeah, we're going to challenge it. And I said, you can't challenge that, but they let them. And apparently there's some weird rule where there are, there is, there are certain cases of forward progress you can challenge and there are those that you cannot. I don't know exactly what the nuances are of it. I should probably brush up on it before the Raider game to make sure I've got it all squared away. But I'm with you. Like, it was – this is beyond the point. The point is that Aloe played a very physical game, yeah. a great game on that final drive. Obviously, we're going to focus on Neiman and, and Kenneth Murray and the play they made to get the win. But, you know, earlier in that final drive, you had a great pass breakup of Hawkinson by Aloe just again with, with a – he's just such a physical player, you know, and I think that's – when you combine he and Kenneth Murray back there and Derwin, you you know your head's on a swivel. You know you're going to get thumped, and and there's going to be there's going to be some serious contact and some serious violence in the tackles if if you're not aware of where it's coming from between those three guys. Um, and yeah, I'm with you. It was an impressive performance by by Aloe, a very physical, very tone setting performance. That, that he and Kenneth Murray were able to put out there that day. But before we get into the other two levels of the defense, just staying in the secondary, obviously Justin Jefferson did get loose 150 yards, and, and J.C. Jackson, a healthy scratch. What did you make of that? I think that was a surprise to everybody that J.C. was just a healthy scratch straight up. Yeah, look, it's not great. It's, it's not great. It's $82 million. There's nothing you can do about it this season or next season. It's... I mean, you could. It's just a monster hit to take. Um, it's hard to know how much of it is injury, how much of it, you know. Look, it's it's very hard to project success on Patriots players when they leave New England, you know, especially secondary players. I mean, J.C. had an exceptional career, at, you know, with the Patriots. Just, I, I totally get it, He's, you know. I'm sure a ton of teams wanted him, but it just hasn't worked out. And and to the detriment of what Brandon Staley wants to do on defense, he desperately wants that press man corner to take one half of the field so he can play quarters on the other half. And that's what he wants to do. And, and JC has just not been up to it. Um, the thing I do like about it is, okay, if it's, it's not going to happen, we spent the money – it stinks. You don't like looking your owner in the eye and say, hey, sorry about that 82 million bucks. And you just try to keep making it happen, hoping that sooner or later it is. But after watching what happened to him uh, against Miami, hearing, you know, Michael Davis's issues with not being able to find a rhythm, like, I don't know what we're doing. It's hard for me. You know, I credit the coaching staff and Tom and, and his for saying, okay, you know what, just, just make him a healthy scratch and let's go with the guys we think are going to win the game. Yeah. And you know, I, I appreciate that. It takes that's that's a very brave, courageous move to to make on a football team when when you ask somebody to scratch out a check that big and and acknowledging that it's not working out. But let's go get some wins and we'll move forward and and try to make it work with our our younger guys that are on these rookie contracts and and that's how it balances out. Yeah, I I, I think it's a message to the team too that uh, we don't care how much money you make, we don't care where you were drafted. Yeah. The best players are going to play, and that, that was the best group in Brandon Staley's eyes last Sunday. We'll see if that changes in any way this Sunday. Uh, you talk about Eric Kendricks not being in that game, the way Nick Neiman played, the way Kenneth Murray has played the last couple of weeks. Man, Kenneth has really flipped the switch uh, in a positive way. And then I'd be remiss if, if I don't mention Tuli Tuipolotu again, man. Nine pressures. Oh, gosh. He was incredible, man. He has been – I yeah. think, you know – 
you talk about Jalen Carter and all these other guys in the first round for defensive rookie of the year and early candidates. Thule's up there with all of them. Oh, 100%. 100%. He's so like Pro Football Focus does this thing where they, they'll, and I love it. It's such an awesome tool. Like I cannot give them enough credit for, for what they've put together over there. It's like, it's just awesome. Everybody subscribe. You know, they don't pay me, they don't give me anything. I'm just telling you, it's awesome. Um, but they do sacks and then they do NFL sacks. So Thule's got two NFL sacks on his ledger. Pro Football Focus has him with five, as do I. Uh, And the idea behind that is it's not necessarily the hockey assist, but it's sort of like, okay, this sack happened. Why did it happen? Like Joey sack in that game. And that's why, you know, it's funny to see that video of him hugging Thule and he's all into it. It's all Thule. I mean, it is all Thule. And they ran uh, just, it, it was such a great, I think he was on Ingram. Uh, Joey was on O'Neal, the right tackle, and they were going to run a stunt, but Thule just, I, I, I want to say that might have been the one where he had a spin. I think he bull rushed him, spun off of him, and then just shoved him with his left hand out of the picture like he flies out of the frame. He's on Cousins, who has to climb the pocket into the arms of Joey for the sack. Um, that was just one, like, Man, he's just so strong. There's another one where he's on the outside rushing up against O'Neal. She puts him on skates. I mean, this O'Neal's a good. Uh, he is a good tackle. Not great tackle. He's a good tackle though. She puts him on skates, picks him up, runs him right into the hands of of Cousins, who you know gets caught off guard and has to flush the pocket. And I think that was the Morgan Fox sack. Yeah. Um, Thule's great, uh, and he's he look. It's crazy to say. He's the best pass rusher on the Chargers right now. Like, and Joey's having a great year, no doubt about it. And it's hard to say that, and I don't know if anyone would agree with me, but I think down in, down out, what he's done against the run, he's had some huge run stops. Had a couple in Tennessee that helped keep Derrick Henry to 70 yards and under four per carry. Saw a couple more in this game. Like, he's playing the best out of any edge player right now um and plus he's so versatile you know like there were a handful of snaps where you're seeing him you know Bosa outside Thule in between Joey and Morgan Fox then you're seeing him whip to the outside now Joey's inside and Thule's outside or he's stacking with Khalil Mack and um it's yeah it's it's gonna be fun man because he is just scratching the surface it's a lot of strength like I said there was one spin move in there but I know being able to to work with with Joey and Khalil and just learn and, and understand the nuances of pass rushing, oh, no all doubt. that that he's going to get. My goodness. Um, uh, the second thing you mentioned, Kenneth, I'll just say this real quick. It's going to be interesting because, you know, when they first drafted Kenneth, they moved him, you know, they're playing him at middle linebacker. And we were like, eh, I don't know if that's really, you know, it wasn't working. It's like, maybe just, you know, put him outside, give him an assignment. You're pass rushing. You're attacking here. This is the player responsible for me. That'll be better for Kenneth. And now he's playing the middle. He's playing better. You know, he's just he, – these last two games have been the two best games of his career. Um, so it'll be interesting when Eric Kendricks gets healthy because he can't play outside. He's got to play middle. So I don't – I'm anxious to see what they do because it's just – there's a difference there. You know, there's a difference in setting a tone and violence that, that, that occurs when Kenneth is in that position. So I'm anxious to see – you know, what they decide to do uh, when, when Kendricks gets healthy. Yep. But 
you know, Nick Neiman's played great as well. He's just played really, really, he's such a solid player, solid player, you know, and he's the one that obviously called out the, he knew it was coming. He studied it on tape. He knew it was coming. He alerted JT Woods, gave him a little, little wave, broke up the pass. And there's the end of the game. You know, those three guys. Yeah. K- Kenneth, uh, with the game saving interception, uh, again, back to back incredible weeks for him. Wearing the green dot, too. And he said, he, hey, I've been wearing the green dot at, at practice, and I'm comfortable with it, and he sure has shown that. Um, yeah. Before we push it forward to the Raiders and take a quick break, Muddy, got to ask you about the fourth down. Um, it has been a, uh, a hot topic of conversation. There's old-school football heads on TV that couldn't believe it. The analytics community said, absolutely, that was the right decision. Fourth and one, game on the line, uh, up four, uh, what did you think and, and what were you and DJ thinking in, in the moment? So we disagreed. Um, I put DJ on the spot. I was like, hey, you know, I'm, I, I said before they even did it, I said, hey, there's Herbert. I see him holding up the four. He wants it. And DJ was like, oh, man, no way. He's like, that you're, you're up four. You know, they've got to score a touchdown. Just get one of those big J.K. Scott boots and – flip the field and, and force them to go, you know, 80 yards or something. And I said, I like it. It's two feet. It's not even a full yard. You know, I think if it's outside of one, if it's fourth and one plus, I don't think they go for it. But it was inside, you know, one yard. It was that the ball was, you know, on the opposite. If I'm looking at it and they're moving left to right, the ball was on the right of the 24 yard hash mark you know, the 24-yard line hash mark. They had to gain the 25 exactly. It was two-thirds of a yard. It's two feet. And I said, I've watched a 36-yard touchdown pass on fourth and sixth. I watched a 53-yard touchdown pass because JT took a terrible angle on Justin Jefferson. I've watched seven explosive plays already out here. It's a team that's given up the most explosives in the NFL. I'm not interested in giving them 80 yards of grass. I want to get the two feet. So I was all for it. Yeah. Um, I was not happy with the play. Uh, that's, that's, you know, the, and that was my issue. And I think, you know, and that's, that's what the analytics committee is. That's what the analytics crew is saying, like, love the call. And that's what I said in the moment. I was like, man, I love the call. I just hate the play. And Kellen and Brandon are taking a lot of incoming for that. But, and they'll never say it. And I don't even know it. I'm just assuming that's a Justin decision, you know, for whatever reason, what he saw up front, he did not like for a quarterback sneak. It just, he didn't, you know, he just didn't, I don't know. Maybe he didn't think they would get it based on what their alignment was, but that's up to Justin. He's got three, you know, he's got three plays he can run. He can run the sneak. He can hand to Josh Kelly on the fullback dive, or he can pitch to Darius. A week ago against Tennessee, he pitched to Darius. They got 12 yards out of it on a fourth and two, you know, this week, he decides to hand to Josh Kelly. Now, instead of being two feet, it's four yards that you got to pick up because he handed it to him at the 21-yard line. Um, if that's Lorenzo Neal, fine. I still don't like it, but you have to sneak that. You're, you're 25 of 27 on third or fourth and one or less than one. I, I would rather have the six foot six, 250-pound guy two feet away um, with – the 205 pound running back pushing behind him uh, than the 205 pound 
second string running back playing fullback running a fullback dive. Uh, I know it was successful earlier in the year. I think it was against Miami that they ran it, that he ended up getting like 10 yards off of it. Josh did, but this is the game. Yeah. You know, to me, it's like you could, this play will win the game. They're out of timeouts. You get two feet. The game is over. You are not zero and three here. Your season is still alive. Um, so that's just kind of where I, I came out on it. Um, There's still, hey, there's still one and two. It worked out in the end. Yeah. Kenneth Murray. But I think moving forward, Chris, like that's, it, it is, I'm, I know I'm relentless with it. I say it every week. To me, they, they've got to figure it out. Like, I don't know what's going on in practice or what's, they need that play. The play is unstoppable, you know, and, and, I think it's, you know, Petros brought this up on the show yesterday, and it was a great point. You know, I mentioned Jalen Hurts and how effective he is. I was like, and he's 30 pounds lighter than, than Herbert, you know, and, and, he, and he said, he's a running back. And he's like, Matt, you're talking about someone who's a running back. Like, Jalen Hurts was a dual-threat quarterback who was probably more comfortable running than throwing. He's like, so he knows. Like, he's, that's a situation that he's comfortable in. You know, there is a mentality to it. And then, you know, my pushback to that was, well, the greatest player in the history of football was the best at it in Tom Brady. Nobody better. He, so if who was six foot six, who was not as sturdy not as a Justin Herbert, not a running back, there was no, there's, there's been nobody that's been better at it than Tom Brady. So, like... I would assume that, that Justin's of the stature that he can reach out to Tom and just say, hey, man, you're a tall drink of water. I know it's probably not fun getting bent backwards when you're that tall and you're trying to get low. It's not easy, but what, like, what can you pass along to me? Like, What is it that I need to know so I am comfortable in those situations? I'm not making it out like it's easy. You talk to people and they tell you, man, it's nasty in there. It is rough. It is, it is not clean sledding. It's, so I get it. All I'm saying is, I'd like to see them figure it out in the bye week. Say, hey, we need this. Like, this is something that we've got to have because that was a got to have it. That was a got to have play. And they did not run the, the, they did not run the play with the highest percentage of possible success. And that needs to be addressed. You know, when, you, when you're talking about 93% for Justin on third or fourth and one or less than one, 93%, we got to run that play. So, to me, that's something that'll be worked on. Um, you know, I'm, I'm assuming this week and also in the bye week. It's simple for me. I, the ball should not be out of Ten's hands in those situations. No. Not at all. He's either throwing the football. He's 40 or 47 in the game. All right. right. I, I realize if 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 you have a couple feet to go, probably not the best idea to throw the football. But the quarterback sneak has got to be in play. I don't take the ball out of Ten's hands. I remember week 18, two years ago, Money. I think it was the third quarter. They went for it on fourth and one. Right. Austin Eckler up the middle, did not get it. Vegas 100%. kicked the field goal. And, you know, those are, those are I think, plays that you have to learn from and say, you know what, we, we need a better solution. We have a top five quarterback in the NFL. Uh, Ten should not be handing the ball off to anybody no. on fourth and whatever it is. So – um, and that's and, and you know what, Chris, like for me, what I then do if I'm Kellen Moore is you call the sneak. Yeah. It's not a three-way play. 
it's, it's I formation, spin. and it's, hey, you want to go for it? Here's the play. You do not audible out of it. You do not check out of it. This is the play. This is what we're doing. Tell yeah. the offensive line, you, it's on you guys. You, you, could, you will determine whether or not we win this game. You can go win the game right now for us. It is in your hands. Go get it. If you're not comfortable and you don't think you guys are getting the push that you need against this front, tell me right now, and I'm going to punt it away. Mm-hmm. But that's what we're doing. I think that's just something that has to be ingrained into this team. And it's an identity thing, you know. I think it – you know, when I talk to Lorenzo and I, you know, tonight they'll, they'll do the thing on Bally Sports West – you know, he brought it up. He's like, look, I was six for six. He's like, I know what my stats are. He goes, because that's, you know, that's what that play is. That play is all about want. It is all about commitment. It is, and, and you know, he's like, that's just, that's what that play is. That is not, you're out scheming them. It's not, oh, we're going to, we're going to move. Oh, we're going to hike it. And we're going to dive into this hole. He's like, no. He goes, that is a play where, you know, this ain't going to be fun, but I'm going to go get it. And, you know, you just keep your legs moving and you go get it. And yeah, I'll figure it out. You know, like you said, hey, it worked out. It worked, it worked out. out. And I, to, to answer your question, I was fine with it. I, I actually liked it. I loved the call. I was like, perfect. Go win it. And that's, I know I'm talking a lot about it here, but because I think it, a lot of people are still talking about this play. Like, to me, in his, in his first season, it's what we loved about Brandon Staley. It's like, this is great. Be aggressive. You've got Justin Herbert. You've got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler. That's better than what they probably have on the other side of the football. Yeah. So go take it. Yeah. You've got the advantage. And that's one of the things he said when it, you know, when it was working, when he was nine for nine on fourth down and everybody's selling, celebrating Brandon Staley as this you know, new age thinker, as a head coach. We love this guy. And, um, and that did him no favors because all the traditional folks were like, no, we don't love this guy. This isn't right. We don't like what he's doing. It's different and we're not comfortable with different and change isn't good. And it's going to get him. It's going to bite him eventually. And they were rooting for him to fail. But to me, that's his identity. It's something that he believes in. He said it in the first eight games of that season. And I wish he hadn't got away from it because of all the incoming he took. You know, I, I hope he presses forward because he went, look, he went for it on fourth down instead of kicking the field goal uh, to Donald Parham and got a touchdown. Yeah, you know, got an extra four points out of it. But the week before, so if you're all right, but the week before punting it on fourth down in in your own hated it. Right, so it's it's like okay, hated it. Yeah, from the Tennessee forty-one, it's like don't be punting that. It's fourth and two. You got Justin Herbert. Go get it. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's the other thing too, Chris. Um, before we move on from this game, the one play I did not like, though I, I did not like him not accepting the holding call on th- on third and six mm. would have made it third and 16 would have put them all the way back at the 46 yard line instead they're at the 36 yard line which Greg Joseph's got a 61 yarder on his resume he could have kicked the field goal but they end up going for it it's the KJ Osborne 36 yard touchdown in the moment as the game's being played I, DJ and I are looking at each other I'm like why is he not accepting this penalty push him back to the 46 that's that that was a, a call I disagreed with his reasoning for people that didn't see it was he didn't want to give Justin Jefferson two plays he was hoping they could defend him in one and get a turnover on downs he's like I figured if I gave him third and 16 they're on the plus side of the field they're probably going to go for it on fourth down anyway why not just give them one crack at it instead of two yeah. um and my answer so now I'm ping-ponging it my answer to that is because they're probably not going to go for it if it's fourth and twelve. 
They're not going to go for it if it's fourth and 16. They're not going to go for it if it's fourth and nine. You know, fourth and six, yeah, that's you got a lot of options in there. So, anyway. Yeah. Well, you, you brought up a good point, too, about the amount of grass that, that Kirk would have if they did punt. And keep in yeah. mind, Darwin James was not in that football game. Right. On, on the other Great side, point. we're going to get to all the injuries. The, the list is long on a Wednesday. I know it's yeah. going to change as we get through the rest of the week. But let, let's take a quick break. We'll talk about the Raiders. Hey, Chargers fans, you want to eat? Uber Eats now available for in-stadium pickup. Order all of your stadium favorites from your seat with the Uber Eats app. Just set your location to SoFi Stadium, select your favorites, and you'll receive a notification when your order is ready for pickup. There are many mouth-watering options in SoFi Stadium. Let the stadium rumble, not your stomach. Go Chargers. And of course, a big thank you to our partner, Microsoft Surface, the official sideline technology provider and laptop of the NFL and the LA Chargers that provides players and coaches with the tools to succeed both on and off the field. Check out the powerful Surface Pro 9, combining the power of a laptop with the flexibility of a tablet. Surface.com. So, buddy, here we go. The Raiders come to town on Sunday, an opportunity for the Chargers to even up their record before the bye week and kind of hit the reset button as they get into uh, a couple of tough games coming out of the bye against Dallas and Kansas City. Uh, this Raiders team has not been very good. Uh, they have not forced a turnover through three weeks. Uh, they have given up the ball seven times, minus seven turnover differential. Justin Herbert, I think the only quarterback in football who has not turned the football over through the first three weeks. Uh, I think that that's a, a nice starting point uh, against a, a hated rival that you absolutely have to beat. You can't go one and three. No, and look, this we brought this up on, on an earlier podcast about Jimmy Garoppolo, and Jimmy was great with the greatest play caller in the NFL. Jimmy was great with a defense that had the best front in the NFL and would stake him to leads. Jimmy was great with a guy that had incredible run design that had receivers that were all about run after catch and physical and George Kittle and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and then Christian McCaffrey. But even before that, Raheem Mostert, all like Jimmy was great in that situation. Well, now Jimmy comes to a team with a below average offensive line with a Josh Jacobs who right now is averaging 2.4 yards per carry yeah. And just cannot get it going. Has zero TDs. This was your rushing leader last year. Um, Devontae Adams is pissed. Darren Waller is gone. Like, you're now asking Jimmy Garoppolo to play like Justin Herbert. Like, hey, you're, we're going to put the team on your back, and you're going to carry us. And that, I'm looking at it right now. You know what that looks like? Five touchdowns, six interceptions. That's what that looks like. Um, so, and less than 250 yards, about 220 yards per game. Um, so that's, and I don't even know if he's going to play, you know, he didn't, he did not practice yesterday. Have not, you know, there's no injury report yet as we're, as we're recording this. So, McDaniels, you know, whether or not Daniels made it seem to think that, that he would be okay. I think Jeremy Fowler of ESPN thinks that, that he'll be okay, but the Chargers preparing for all three quarterbacks, Frank, yeah. Brian Hoare is the backup, but I think Raider nation wants to see Aiden O'Connell. If Jimmy oh, they want Aiden call. O'Connell in the worst way. Yeah. They want him in the worst way to, yeah. to which I would say, Look, I, you know me, I love Purdue players. Huge fan of, of Purdue players. But I would say, you know how many quarterbacks have looked great in the preseason? Zach Wilson looked great in the preseason. You know, like that's, it's, it's the preseason. Um, but it just goes to show you how they are not on board 
with the, you know, Garoppolo, the Jacoby Myers instead of Darren Waller, like all of these, these things, this is a problem. Like it's a big problem in Las Vegas right now. The fact that Josh McDaniels is trying to recreate what he had in New England. Uh, They draft Tyree Wilson. He's the worst pass rusher in the NFL right now. I mean, they take him with a top 10 pick. He's got, what did we just say about Thule? Uh, had what nine pressures or ten pressures in the last game? He had I nine pressures it was nine last or, week. Yeah, nine pressures against the Vikings. Wilson's got one this year, and he's rushing opposite Max Crosby. Think about the resources you have to devote to Max Crosby, the best pass rusher in the NFL. He's opposite him. He's got one pressure. I think he like had at some point like a zero percent pass rush win rate. Yes, it, uh, uh, they benched him. He they benched sick. him last week. He was sick last week and played like 15 snaps. So you'll yeah. probably see a little bit more of him this upcoming week. Um, but they don't. They, they can't generate a turnover. And, no. you know, sometimes you, you think that the script's going to be flipped. You're like, all right, you know what? Minnesota's going to take care of the football. They've been off for 10 days. Concerted effort to take care of the football. You know what? Yeah. Kirk gave it up at the end. Turnover right off the top. Should have had a third one that Alohi uh, forced from Madison. So... Sometimes that turnover luck is just you are what you are. And, and right now, uh, yeah. the, the Raiders are mistake-prone, and they can't take the football away. That gives you a built-in advantage right off the top. Now, Money, I, I need to read off this injury list. And, and keep in yeah. mind, we're, we're taping this Thursday morning. This is going to change. But, you know, Bosa, DNP, he hasn't practiced on Wednesday these last couple of weeks. Eckler, limited. Um I would be surprised. If that's he that's good news there. The like Eckler limited is good news. It's good news. And, and Eckler said himself, he said, the bye week has no bearing on whether or not I play Sunday. If I'm 100%, I'm 100%. If I'm not, I'm not. Uh, Gerald Everett, DMP illness. Alohi Gilman, DMP heel. Derwin James, uh, this could be concerning because of the rap that we saw on his hamstring during the game. Yeah. Hamstring that's DMP. Kendrick's hamstring limited. That's good news. Corey Lindsley, illness DMP. Khalil Mack, rest uh, so he's been getting that rest. Uh, groin for Kenneth Murray, DMP. And then uh, Rashawn Slater, ankle limited. The the two players that you cannot let beat you on Sunday is one, Devontae Adams, and two, Josh Jacobs. Now, Minnesota entered week three with the worst rushing attack in football. Didn't have a 10-yard rush all season. They had multiple against the Chargers in that game. Josh Jacobs, you said it muddy, 2.4 yards a rush. I think he had a minus 0.2 in one game. It may have been week two yes. against the, the, the Bills. Um, he no, it was first been... week, I think, right? Was it first week? He, or was it? Oh, no, you're right. It was against the Bills was where he had against, negative think, two yards rushing. Yeah, may against it. Whatever it is, 2.4 yards a rush. Yeah. Clearly needed training camp. Um, you don't want Josh Jacobs to get going against you. Uh, so it can only go up for him. Devontae Adams, what scares me about that, if there's no Derwin James, you talk about the angles that, that safeties take with Devontae Adams. He can get you going sideways. I don't care who – if you or me are throwing him the football, he'll probably get 160. So it, it If it I were throwing him the football, bit. it would never make it to him. <laughs> it, would, it would hit the you grass could, five You could do one of those no-look to his shovels to him, though, and uh, let him do his work. He, right? he better be five feet uh, – he, he better be within five feet of me if I'm going to complete a pass to him, that's for sure, because as soon as I get that snap, I am throwing it away. I want nothing to do with a pass rush. But, buddy, the, the sec- I don't care who's throwing him the yeah. football. The secondary right now in flux with J.C. Yeah. Jackson's situation, both your starting safeties, DMPs on Wednesday – and giving up big plays uh, throughout the first three weeks, it, it, that's the one thing that gets me a little worried, this Jacoby Myers-Devontae Adams tandem. 
um, regardless of who's throwing the football. So I would say, you know, just I'm not even playing devil's advocate. Like what I would say is the most important name on that list is Rashawn Slater. As long as you can have, because, you know, if the defense, I'm accepting that the defense is probably not, you know, I think the, the, the ceiling for this defense as we've watched thus far is probably mid-pack like that would be huge if they can get to the middle of the pack I think the Chargers can win a lot of games Uh, I don't have any designs uh, and I I don't say it to be snarky or mean I just think what we've seen thus far shows there are some limitations with this defense in the secondary Uh, injuries are not helping them the JC Jackson thing is is a huge blow Um, so if they can just get to average this offense can score 30 points. They they can score. You know, we've seen kind of the way this thing is played out. They're, they're averaging 30 points a game. They can score 30 points a game. I don't think the Raiders can keep up with that offensively. Okay. I don't think they have the ability to put up those kind of numbers. Like now, Mike Williams is down. That's a huge hit. I mean, a monster hit for this team. Um he attracts so much attention because of the damage he can do downfield with those 50-50 balls. It's really hard to put him one-on-one and not have some safety help because he's going to crush in those balls pushed downfield. That's gone, which means Keenan's not, Keenan is going to get a lot more attention, a lot more. Um, I think Josh Palmer can excel. I, I, I believe he can, he can be a 80 to 100-yard receiving yards per game player. I really believe that. He is incredibly – he is – wildly underrated um so I think Slater being healthy you can leave him on an island Max wants to rush him I'm totally fine with that battle Slater versus Max Crosby the other side Trey you can give him all the help you want you know put your back over there to help him put your tight end over there to help him because we're not concerned about anybody else except for that one guy and as long as you can neutralize him you can put points on the board uh, I think so that's sort of the – I think Devontae's going to have a good game. He always has a good game against the Chargers. You know, he pretty much always has a good game against anybody. He's averaging over 110 yards per game uh, and, and a touchdown. 110 and a tug per game is what he's averaging. He's probably going to get that. Uh, I think the, the situation with, with you know, the, the rush attack last week and the, the Vikings is it's what they gave him. You know, those safeties were 20 yards off the line of scrimmage. They were playing to, in a two-high shell almost the entire game. So they were willing to give up the rush yards to try to put a top on it to prevent those explosive plays. Didn't really work. They still got quite a few of them, but it did work enough where they're like, that's fine. You want to rush? That first drive is a perfect example. We're going to make you methodically make your way downfield. And here comes Aloe Gilman ripping the ball out of the hands of TJ Hawkinson for a turnover, you know? So like that's the sort of thing I think that led to those rushing yards being higher than they had been at all in, in previous games. I wouldn't be surprised if it's the opposite this week. If it's you are you are not going to get Josh Jacobs going. We're going to commit resources to the line of scrimmage, and we're going to force Jimmy to beat us with a pass because we think we can get home by the time he's ready to get rid of it. Yeah. So smart. Yeah, that's that's kind of the way I see this thing going. The offense is going to change. Let's just say, for the sake of this conversation here, Austin doesn't play. Uh, no, Mike. No Austin. Um, this is a, a huge spot for Quentin yeah. and, and Josh. And Josh obviously had that touchdown. I think it was the one, maybe the one mistake that Justin made. That that ball was, yeah, should have been, been intercepted. Um, 
but we've seen Joshua last week, last year when Mike and Keenan were out for big stretches. Yeah. I, I, I remember Atlanta uh, vividly, and, and he was such an integral part of, of the reason they won that game. Um, he has been in a spot where he has been relied upon to be the wide receiver one, wide receiver two, so this is nothing new to him. For Quentin, though, um, this is a big spot. Uh, what do you think we're going to see from him, and how do you think the offense changes knowing that you may not have Austin and then you're down big Mike? Uh, he's going to get a lot of snaps, and, you know, it's time, uh, it's, it's time for him to grow up. In a hurry, you know, they were, they were slow playing it. They were talking about, you know, this is coach Staley had said it to us. And we're, you know, we talked about it last week. So I asked him before the game, why, why isn't Quentin out there more, you know? And, and he uh, was, I don't want to say defensive, but he just said, look at the wide receiver room. You know, we've got three pro bowl level receivers and, you know, that's, we're not putting four receivers out there. So it's, he's in a rotational situation. Well, that's, that's no longer uh, the case. I'm trying to find the um, trying to find the uh, offensive alignment because they're in eleven almost all the time. Like they are, they basically Kellen Moore wants to line eleven, meaning one running back, yep. one tight end, which means there's three receivers out there for people that don't. I, I didn't mean to do that. So they're constantly in three receiver sets. So okay, who's the third receiver? If if Josh, Josh is obviously now the two, Keenan's the one. Is the third receiver Darius Davis? Is the third receiver Quinton Johnston? Is the third receiver Semi Fahoko? Is the third receiver John Hightower? Like, are we digging into the practice squad now? Yeah. Um, like, who who ends up getting that third receiver? I think the one thing with Quinton is, and I get it. You've got Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen out there. Look, Gerald Everett's targets are going to go up. I don't. I have no doubt in my mind about that. Justin trusts Gerald, which is a good. Thing. I think there's a. Tr I think there's a trust thing there. I don't think Herbert is comfortable throwing to Quinton yet, because um, there have been plays where he's had an opportunity, where Johnston has the leverage. He's broken off his route. He's created separation, and I can watch it back on film. I can see that Justin's going through his progressions, and he's looking there, and I think he's just like, mm, I'll throw it to Mike. Yeah, I'll throw it to Keenan. And now he's going to be forced to throw those passes. And when he does, it's up to Quinton to catch him. You know, there were a couple. There's two plays that, that I'd like to have erased from, from my memory. And one was in the end zone against Tennessee. And one was this last week on a third down, one yard past the sticks. And Justin's trying to, you know, is treating Quinton like he treats Mike where he's throwing that ball up there where only a guy who's six foot four can go get it. And for whatever reason, Quentin's jumping with one hand. Like he's on both the plays, he leaps and he's only has one hand extended. And I'm like, what is that? Like that's, you can't catch a ball that way. You've got to have both hands up ready to secure the ball and win the 50, 50. So those are the things that I'm sure he and he and Justin are going to go through. And, he, look, it's it's on him, man. He's He is going to be pressed. He's going to go from it's been like 15 snaps a game to probably 40, 50. Like, I say good. That's, you know what? This, this, is the, this is the opponent too money to to start against, okay? And, and we're, we'll yeah. know a lot, a lot about Quinton's development after 
Sunday's game, where, where he is right now, how much trust Justin has in him. But you know, we've done this so many times. If you go back to Justin's rookie year, he's trusting Jalen Guyton and T. Billy. If you get open, Justin's going to find you. And, and Quinn's going to have a lot of opportunities uh, to be found in this offense. Uh, the other sure. TCU receiver, though, Darius Davis, I, I think Brandon Stilley mentioned Darius specifically about guys that may have to step up. You know, maybe we see more of Darius Davis's speed on the field, whether it's jet sweeps or these quick little screens or maybe just going vertical. Right. Because, you know, during the preseason, we saw Darius Davis do some things on offense in addition to his special teams prowess. And, you know, they clearly trust Parham in the red zone, another big target. Yeah. He's uh, been great. He's been fantastic. And just like everybody has a specific role, right? And Parham has excelled in that role in the red zone. Gerald Everett, uh, I think you're right, that trust there that Justin has in him. Uh, you're going to see an uptick in targets there. So I, I still think that they're more than capable. And he, by the way, real quick, Chris, he had a yeah. great game. He had a great game against Minnesota. Fought for a first down. Um, like I'm looking at his numbers now, 12 targets, 11 catches, 100 yards. You know, it's going to get you 10 yards. You throw him the ball, he's going to catch it. Yeah. 12, and that was an issue, remember, early last year. He kind of had to acclimate, I think, to, to Herbert where he had some drops early. 12 targets, 11 catches. Like, the thing about Quentin, I, I said 15. He's not even at 15. He's at, like, 12. 12 receiving snaps per game is what Quentin's at. So that's gonna, that is going to jump. To put that in perspective, Mike Williams is averaging – uh, just just receiving snaps, uh, 113. So, like, Keenan's at 136. He's at basically 45. Per, I mean, that's what you're talking about, the kind of jump that he's going to take in terms of receiving snaps. Obviously, you're out there for the run plays as well, but that's kind of what I'm getting at when you're in the pattern. Um, so, hate, you know, Muddy, I hate to do this in, like, fantasy football terms, but, like, if, if, you, if you play fantasy football, you probably do if you watch this. The tight end position has been an absolute nightmare this year. It's been like Kelsey and everybody else. Like Sam Laporta, a guy you probably didn't draft, yeah. is is balling out. So you know, Gerald Gerald's one of those guys that, hey, if if you have like a Dallas Goddard and he hasn't done anything, uh, maybe you look at Gerald Everett after this bike yeah. injury and say, hey, he may see an uptick in targets. You know, agree. Yeah, Everett Parham. You know, we're probably going to see a little. If, look, if Austin's out there, he's going to start getting some balls as well. Clearly. Um, just not quite as comfortable throwing the ball to Joshua Kelly like he is Austin Eckler. Um, you know, I'd like to see more Spiller. Spiller had a really nice run in that game. Nobody could run the ball, and, and he had one for about six, seven yards where he got hit at the line of scrimmage. Should have been a, like a one-yard loss. He shook the guy off with all that strength and turned it into a six-yard gain. Did a really good job in blitz pickup, I thought. So I'm hoping we can see a little bit more of him. I'd like to see him get involved in the pass game because we know from his time at A&M, he can catch the ball. So yeah. maybe we'll see an uptick in his snaps as well. The, the Rashawn Slater element to this, he, he was limited Wednesday. You hope that that's just precautionary and he's yeah. going to be good to go on Sunday. The offensive line has played well. They've protected Justin Herbert. Um, what are the things that they cannot absolutely do <laughs> to, to, Explosive plays. to lose this game? Yeah. Yeah, explosive yeah. plays, you know, just like we saw. What are your touchdowns? 36 yards to K.J. Osborne, 55, 53 yards to, to Justin Jefferson, seven explosives out there in that game. You know, they lost the Tennessee game because of explosive plays, 70 yards to Traylon Burks, you know, 49 yards to Chris Moore. Like that's they, – they still have an issue with that. You know, you play 
great defense, you get teams behind the sticks, first and 20s, third and 18s, you know, second and 20s, and like teams convert. And they've got to stop with the bonehead penalties on third down. Just like the Raheem Lane one. Come on, man. You cannot drop. You know better than that. You cannot drop your head. Like, you just can't do it. It's, you know, Derwin had another one. Like, that's just inexcusable. Those are self-inflicted wounds where you can get off the field or force a field goal, and you're giving the team points. We've so seen that way too many of those out of up. defense, man. 100%. It's third three weeks now. Yeah. All third, they're all third downs. Like, it's, it's brutal. So that's got to get cleaned up. Um, and explosive plays have to get cleaned up, you know. And they do that, this team's going to be really good. I mean, it's, this team's got a chance to be really good if they can clean that up. But we've been saying that for three years now, you yeah. know, clean up the explosive plays. And they keep biting them. So we'll see. You know, right now, Devontae Adams has a season long of 32 yards. Can't let him, cannot let him erase that and put a new number there. His yep. season high is a 32-yard reception. You cannot let him put a new number there. Same with Josh Jacobs. That, that 2.4 yards of pop needs to stay around that, that territory, yeah. right? Yeah. Before we get out of here, I want to ask you about the bye week. And, and normally, you know, you hate the early bye, but I almost feel yeah. like given the injuries, given the way that the season has started, if you can get out of this 2-2 two and two and take a breath and, and get ready for Dallas – I almost feel like it's come at the right time for this team uh, to to maybe end this first quarter of the season on a high note, figure out what the heck is going on in, in some of the, the breakdowns, and then kind of retool and get ready for two huge games against Dallas and Kansas City. Yeah, I hate that the league did them so dirty. You know, you get a bye and, and the Cowboys get extra rest. You know, you, you go from a bye into a Monday night football game. I wish it were reversed. I wish it was bye week, Kansas City, and then the Monday nighter. That would have been nice. Now it's a short week going to Kansas City, too. Exactly. So you get a short week. Instead, you're, you're coming off a bye, and you get the Monday nighter, the extra rest, and then you have to go to Kansas City on a short week. You know, after that is, is where – so that's two very tough games. Go into those two and two. And if you come out of those two one and one, not the end of the world. Three and three after six weeks, because after that is where they got to make their bones. They have got to make their bones in that stretch. Bears at home, at Jets Monday night, Detroit at home, at Green Bay, Baltimore at home, at New England, Denver at home, at Vegas. I mean, that is the stretch that will dictate their season, because after that, Buffalo and Kansas City in two of the final three weeks of the season. So it's still there. Look, it's it was a huge win. Even at zero and three, I would have been like, eh, probably still there for them. Not ideal going into the bye at one and three if you beat the Raiders, and then having the the Cowboys and the the Chiefs, and you might be looking at two and four, you know. But going at two and two, get out of those two at three and three, and then you can really start to make your march. And it's very similar to what they did last year, you know, at the end of the year when they when they packaged all those wins together. Uh, at the four-game win streak, you know, right before week 18 at the end of the year to punch their ticket in at 10. So the other good news is, and it never fails, we just got to make, we got to stop making stupid proclamations prior to the season about, oh, the AFC and all these quarterbacks, and it's, uh, you're going to have team, you better win 11 games if you want to win, if you want to make it in the uh, the playoffs. No, no, turns out uh, Baltimore, you know, 
brilliant. Shane Steichen forces Lamar to throw the ball outside. The numbers can't do it. And the Colts go in there with Gardner Minshew and get a victory. And, you know, and, and now, and obviously the Jets do not have Aaron Rodgers. The, I'm going through it all now. Let me just go through the conference as we go down. Yeah, there's one three and zero team. Are you afraid of the Steelers at two and one? Second year of Kenny Pickett. Uh, kind of a reminder. The defense looks great, but, you know, you've got, uh, obviously the Chiefs look fantastic. The Colts are two and one. Uh, the Browns have an incredible defense. Don't quite know what the offense is yet. Uh, Patriots are talking about moving on from Mac Jones. The, the Jaguars are a complete disaster after getting humiliated by, by the Texans. Trevor Lawrence looks lost. The Bengals are one and two. And Joe Burrow looks like he's got a calf injury that's going to be dogging him all year. Sean Payton is a laughing stock. Can, like, can I get your thoughts on 70-20 real quick? Uh yeah, you earned it, dude. You know, that you earned it. That's that's what you get. So that's it's just there, there was no look, I don't know Sean Payton personally, but you know, I, I know enough people that have been around him to kind of know what his personality is, his disposition is. Uh and that's hubris and it bit him in the ass. You know, you want to run your mouth about the worst coaching job. Hey, at least the defense was good last year for Denver. It's one of the best defenses in the NFL. Now you've shown up, you broke the defense, and the offense sucks. Can I ask and it you cost this? him a first and a second rounder. Can I ask you this? I think Vic probably had some mixed emotions in that game. Like, you know what? We just beat my former team by 50, but I had that defense humming. And, yeah. and it's, it's a shame to see what they've become in just a couple of years since my departure, right? Like, it's, I mean, even I mean, last year, money with, with, with Evero, like, they were a good defense. They were they yeah. would get after you. They were one of the best Simmons, in the league. Justin Simmons wasn't in the game. Didn't matter. Wouldn't have mattered anyway. Uh, maybe they don't give up you seventy. Know, hey, but Jalen Waddle wasn't even in that game, man. By the way, you know they don't have their second round pick this year. Very well can end up being you know like the Bears traded their second rounder for Chase Claypool. They traded it for Sean Payton along with the the Miami first rounder that went to New Orleans. Um, if I'm if I'm Tom Telesco, we'll give you our second for Justin Simmons. You want you want to replace your second with our second? We'll give it to you right now. You know, I, like I would. What do you want for Sertan? We'll give you our one. We'll give you our one for Sertan right now. You think like they do I, an AFC West uh, trade there? I mean, I the wheels are going to come off that thing. They're playing they're playing the Bears this week. I think aren't they? If they lose to the Bears, everybody, that's what I mean. Judy Simmons, everybody is on if the mark. If they lose to the Bears, you might as well start playing for Caleb Williams because you can't get rid of Russell's contract. You know, that's that thing's stuck on the books for at least another year. Uh, and if you do cut him, I think it's like a forty million dollar hit of dead money this year, and then you're clear. You know, $35, 40000000 million. So if you have a rookie quarterback, you can account for that, right? If you yeah. if you draft Drake May or Caleb Williams or, or Ewers, one of those high picks, Penix. that's fine. Yeah. So I think that that will become a serious conversation. And, yeah, you know, you mentioned it. Mike Williams is down. All right. I don't know what the Cortland Sutton contract looks like, but, you know, get that outside receiver, that big physical outside receiver to come in. The you know if they're going to go into a full rebuild they don't care they they don't care if you know they're they're given an AFC West team you know a player it just 
It's like, whatever, we're, we're going to be two years away anyway. So let's, let's just freaking recoup and get some picks. And I don't think they'd give up Sertan. He's too good. But some team will give him a one. I don't think there's any question about it. They'll give him a one for Sertan. Maybe even a, they'll give him a one plus. But I'd give him a t- I just think about, you know, we talk about the physicality of a Lowy and, and what you'd be able to do if you could have a, a free, like a legit free read the field, take the right angles, put a lid on it like that, man, that'd be a huge addition for this team. A huge addition. Sertan's father uh, was on Twitter on Sunday and he was none too pleased with the situation that his yeah. son is in either. So I'm sure, <laughs> you know, his son was in the conversation as the best corner in football last year, yeah. the best corner in all of football. And now he's on a defense that allowed 70 points to a team like, disaster and you know what couldn't happen to a better guy AFC though you you said it and it's the same it's it's the usual suspects man it's Kansas City it's Buffalo and now it's Miami and now it's It's, Miami it's those it's those three teams and if the Chargers can do what they're supposed to do and beat the Raiders and beat the Cowboys and maybe beat the Chiefs or split that like you said make some hay in that soft part of the schedule they may be in a position right that historically they have not done what the Rams did in terms of getting guys like Jalen Ramsey or Ron Miller or Odell Beckham. But if they're in a position where they're making hay and Mike Evans is available or Justin Simmons is available, like hundred percent, maybe that's a great call. Mike Evans, a great call. Yeah. Maybe this is a year you do go for it because you haven't done it in the past. You do have the draft capital to do it and it's not going to kill you. And you know, you look at the cap number of a lot of these guys, Joey, Khalil, Keenan, Mike, some of those guys are not going to be here next year. Right. So if, if, if you can make some hay, maybe that's something that we talk about here in the next four or five weeks. I purposely did not do the mailbag this week because we have a bye week next week. And yeah, we'll do it next week. But there's just too or much to talk two about. Weeks. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, um, all right, that's going to do it. Uh, buddy, I, w- I will be there on Sunday. I look forward to seeing you, man. Um, Can't wait to see you, brother. Look to seeing you guys. Uh, Chargers, Raiders, Sunday. Looking to go... 1-0 in the AFC West. For Money, I'm Chris. This has been Chargers Weekly, presented by Microsoft Surface. Oh.